Hello, and welcome to Pristine Conversations. Konstantin Morakov is a CEO and founder of Hemphi, innovative Swiss cannabis products, with over seven years in project management and development. Prior to this, Konstantin's role included work for World Economic Forum as head of business development management, professor at Kuwait Business School, a leading expert on international financial organization, lived in the US, and worked in investment banking. Educated in the US and Kiev, he holds accolades in economics and PhD in finance. He's described as innovative and apt for business processes and technologies, just to name a few. I met Konstantin recently in Zurich and had the opportunity to learn about his company and his intriguing brand, Hemphi. I'm really interested in what they are doing in the cannabis and well-being space. We are going to talk a little bit more about CBD in the podcast. The reason why we are having this conversation is that I'm very interested in the ingredient CBD as a beauty product formulator and a recent visit and interview with the cannabis Swiss farmer and the cultivation of cannabis. It was eye-opening and obviously it's apparent in the green revolution. People are talking about it as an untrending ingredient. Also, I feel it's somewhat misunderstood there's a lot of confusion and misconceptions about this and whether or not it's psychoactive. This episode is sponsored by Hemphi, Swiss cannabis innovation. Hemphi focuses on innovative food and beverages based on proprietary cold infusion technology for harvesting and processing THC cannabis sativa plants complied with Swiss and European legislation. All our products have exquisite herbal taste and are full of natural turbans, antioxidants and microelements. Our production is based on bespoke quality and 100% Swiss made from bottom to top. You can find Hemphi's delicious range of products at retailers throughout Switzerland and Europe or order directly on hemphi.com and amazon.com. Now, Constantine, after reading your bio, what brought about this dramatic transformation from the corporate to entrepreneur and this enterprise in particular? How did it all start? Hi, Zalina and everybody, and thank you for this opportunity to be present at your conversation podcast. To answer your question, uh, actually, it was a long road and also not uh, really well predi- predicted uh, because at a certain point I was very interested in well-being and uh, part of well-being is definitely a healthy nutrition so I was involved in a lot of uh, things called nutraceuticals and uh, food hacking and you know it was very fascinating time interesting uh, journey and you know I learned the industry I learned what people do how your food could be your medicine and so forth and actually all this cannabis business in the beginning was a spin-off from this interest in uh, biohacking and uh, nutraceuticals but later it kind of cannibalized uh, its parents and it became the biggest interest my question is uh, what is the difference between cannabis the plant oil and cbd because a lot of people they're concerned that they will get high if they use this and Actually, my audience listen right now. They're quite is a diverse audience, and I'm sure over there in the world they want to know the difference. This is actually a very good question, and you're right. Like at the moment, we have a huge confusion. So the idea we are speaking about cannabis plant, and is every plant that could have 
different varieties. And there are like uh, several major varieties which exi exist in the nature. And uh, definitely some of them, they have psychoactive uh, qualities, but usually, you know, they are not so often in a public domain. Mm -hmm. You know, they're more, more related to, let's say, marginal customers or marginal group of people who really looking for this experience. And it could be compared with the same thing. Let's say you take Apple. You know, Apple per se mm -hmm. is a good product. You eat it. But for example, if you start taking Apple seeds and you start extract from them something, probably you could destruct some you know, poisonous elements. So with cannabis, is the same story. Per se, the first, uh, let, let, let's address the confusion, how to call it. CBD, cannabis, hemp, or, or something else. So the official name of the plant is cannabis sativa. And there is also cannabis indica, but you know, again, we're not speaking about this. So the most common is cannabis sativa. And this plant, this official name of the plant, and when we're speaking about hemp, Hemp is a slang. Hemp, hemp is not official scientific name of the plant. Hemp is more like uh, a representation of agricultural species of cannabis sativa plant. Same when we're speaking about CBD. A lot of people confusing CBD with cannabis per se, and they use CBD as a name for cannabis. Again, this is a wrong direction because CBD is one of hundred of cannabinoids which are present in cannabis. So the most correct name is cannabis, you know, and then of course we discuss, you know, like when we discuss several elements which you receive from cannabis, they have different names. So this is to answer your question about psychoactive elements of the plant, of course, you know, they, they are present, you know, we should not argue about this, but when we speak about mass application of the plant and plant which is allowed and which is regulated, usually one of the cannabinoids which is considered uh, psychoactive, it's uh, THC, it's regulated, you know, actually the regulator prohibits you to grow the plants which uh, have high content of this specific cannabinoid. And I need to admit that, you know, if you go and look at the really mass market products, this issue is managed well, mm -hmm. and in majority of uh, countries and in majority of locations, THC is regulated, so it's either not present or present in a very minimal uh, dosages, which means it's safe to consume cannabis-derived pro products from illegal sources. Of course, when we discuss, let's say, recreational cannabis, when people specifically looking for this uh, idea to get high, and in some countries it's legal and some not, this is a different discussion. And of course, this exists, and people growing specific plants, specific varieties, which is high in this uh, psychoactive element. But again, this is not the goal of our company, or this is not the goal of majority of people. Um, I've been reading a lot on, on cannabis. I'm really interested. And our body have certain receptors, and they're called endocannabinoids. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, this is exactly, and this is a good continuation of previous question. Yeah. Because why all this hype and all this interest about yeah. cannabis? Um, if we look at human system and we look at human nervous system, indeed it has a part which is called endocannabinoid system. And this system is responsible uh, for regulation of uh, nervous of your nervous system reaction and your nervous system balance. So actually we are speaking more about receptors. 
And when we're speaking about cannabinoids, you know, there are like cannabinoids which uh, you could meet in the nature and they're called phytocannabinoids. So you have endocannabinoids, which are cannabinoids receptors which are present in the human body, and you have phytocannabinoids which you could meet in a lot of different plant varieties not only cannabis. But apparently the combination of cannabinoids which is present in cannabis plant, they interact with human and the cannabinoid system as a key and a lock. And uh, potentially, you know, if we discuss about overall holistic health and about well-being and wellness, probably majority of diseases and the majority of uh, negative things which happens to human body, they are coming from imbalances in the human nervous system. And endocannabinoid uh, system inside your body is responsible, partially responsible for this. So when you are able to influence this endocannabinoid system via phytocannabinoids, which are present in cannabis, you have a potential to achieve very interesting results in balancing your uh, imbalances in your system and with regulating your system in a natural way. Also, very important thing to notice that, you know, of course, this endocannabinoid system could be influenced by a lot of other methods, you know, and these methods could be of either artificial origin or they could be mechanical, they could be um, chemical yeah. and so forth. But when we speak about cannabinoids, because these are natural molecules which have been uh, known for humans for uh, not millennials, not centuries, millennials, actually. And because they have a natural origin, they're known to human civilization. So their influence on endocannabinoid system could be first uh, safe, relatively safe. And, you know, you could always achieve nice dosages, you know, effective dosages, and the influence could be mild. You know, you don't want to overload your system. And with mild influence, you could achieve a lot of positive results comparing to creating peaks in your nervous system. So this probably all the logic why cannabis is so interesting to... Yeah regulating your human body. Yeah, it's, it's quite broad, the entire study of cannabis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the study is definitely broad. We need to study more and more. And we could discuss it later. In cannabis, you have yeah. not only cannabinoids, you have a lot of other elements, which all work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we see a lot of re- many reports in the press. I mean, this has gone on for years. And more so just recently, when, you know, the horizon, I would say, of cannabis... A lot of people are making also miraculous recoveries, and these are reported in the press that CBD cannabinoids are changing, you know, people's lives, and in terms of their mental health disorder, and they're seeing so much improvement, you know, even certain stress, you know, distresses, joint pains, inflammation. It is such an interesting ingredient, and obviously our receptors, which you just described, is totally designed to work with with these uh, cannabinoids. So you are all about innovation and transformation based on your you know your background. It's so diverse. It's it's simply amazing. Where are you? I mean, where are you during this pandemic? How do you see you know yourself moving forward in this industry? Yeah, no, but we have to admit that uh, when we're speaking about pandemic, uh, virus is completely different creature comparing to any bacteria or comparing to any, let's say, contamination of human body, you know, uh, produced by you know, free radicals and other things. So for virus, like when you speak about impact of the virus on human body, of course, probably 
products from cannabis, they could be helpful in supporting of human body reaction towards uh, towards fighting the virus, but they will not become a cure for this. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, let me explain myself, you know, for example, there are symptoms of the virus, you know, like, like, you know, high temperature or, you know, spasms or coughing, definitely cannabinoids could help to treat the symptoms. Mm -hmm. But uh, I doubt that there will be any medicine derived from uh, cannabis plants which will fight the virus per se. So it needs to be addressed with uh, vaccinations or with specific pharmaceutical uh, ingredients. On the other hand, of course, you know, we have this discussion of uh, human body immunity, of fighting the, uh, the stress, and uh, definitely you know, the, the biggest uh, side effect of all this pandemic was probably side effect of lockdown, that people lost, lost their social interaction and, uh, and People are so, 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 so social uh, animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they need to interact with each other. And unfortunately, digital interaction can, cannot replace. Re replace real human interaction. And from this, definitely you could see a lot of people stressed. You know, like I personally pay attention to this, you know, because when we go now on the street, people are either overexcited or some people are just stressed, you know, because we have been like almost like two months locked down from this social interaction now you're gaining so you need to learn again almost to socially interact and definitely amount of stress also because you know the economy is not in, in good shape is uh, building up and um, like probably the direction which we as a company would like to take is uh, to make products which helps to, to fight this uh, build up of the stress which also could could be accumulated stress as well and this relates to a very uh, smooth interaction with this endocannabinoid nervous system as well as making products which uh, help people to relax, to find uh, balance and um, to, to fight this uh, build-up of absence of social interactions and also like things which happens with you know, yeah. jobs, economy and so forth. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, it, it's, it is a tough time for many people when dealing with the stress and anxiety. However, um, well, you know, in light of all of this, you, you went ahead and you launched a, a brand new product, which I've tasted, and it's, it's simply, it's really great. It tastes amazing. It's called the Lithium Recharge Water, and it's a peace of mind. That's how I felt, and I did not know it was on, on the label, and after reading it. So tell us a bit about your, your new product. So, so yes, indeed, like our search for new products brought us to this exciting experiment where we found a natural source of lithium water. And uh, of course, you know, like when you say to somebody, hey, this is lithium, people like probably first, first, first thing which will come to your mind is a battery. Yeah, because lithium is used in yeah, batteries. Actually, I, I think of uh, the first thing that came to my mind is my, the periodic table in chemistry. <laughs> yeah, am I going to drink battery? Oh, yeah, exactly, like, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, yes, but lithium is a chemical element which is actually uh, was used a lot, you know, in, in the beginning of 20th century. And uh, like, uh, if you think about this, like uh, it was uh, a lithium-based Coca-Cola, 7-Up, it was lithium-based beers and everything. And lithium is definitely now used, if you look at this as a pharma ingredient, it's used a lot in uh, treating different uh, brain disorders. Also connected with Alzheimer, connecting connecting with real you know mental disorders, but overall like why lithium is so interest, interesting because it helps your body to develop more serotonin 
and serotonin is a hormone which is uh, responsible for you know, your happiness and your state of well-being. And the trick about lithium is as with any elements, you know, when you take it from nature in a natural way, it's probably good for your body. When you start playing with it and you go pharma direction, you really need to understand and know what you do. Yeah. You have issues of dosages here and there. So we had uh, found, identified this amazing natural source of lithium, uh, which is Swiss and it was in the usage for more than two centuries, you know, and uh, people in this area apparently live a much more happier life nice. <laughs> due to lithium water. And uh, we combine it with our cannabis extraction and actually we're combining now two elements. We have a natural element, which is lithium, which helps you to uh, produce more serotonin. And we have uh, terpenes from our cannabis plants, which have uh, a lot of other um, uh, functional applications, you know, like helping you breathe, helping you also stimulate your endocannabinoid system and uh, bringing it up to amazing product, which acts with you in a very natural way, but it's also very simple and understandable. Mm-hmm. So we don't play with any like additives or things. So we just take a natural lithium-rich water and combine it with naturally extracted uh, terpenes from cannabis plants. Well, wow, very interesting. And well, actually, this brings us to a question from his name is Rafael Apura from Switzerland. He asked him if you you were using if you're working in laboratories and institutions or universities for the research and what type of research are you pushing forward? We definitely worked with uh, a lot of uh, universities in Switzerland, with uh, HSSO in, in Sion, you know, with uh, IPFL, with whom we are neighbors. But because of COVID, you know, it, it all a little bit becomes a little bit sl- slower, but still you know, a lot of cooperation go, uh, is going on. And there are like several areas where we are working with these um, uh, research institutions, and they are related, of course, to functional claims. Uh, they relate to methods of how we extract the useful elements, mm-hmm. uh, and they also relate to the methods how they are delivered to your body. Yeah. Because there are like several methods how it could be de- de- delivered to your body uh, why inhalation, you know, like uh, internally, like you probably could apply it to your skin and so forth. And these are very interesting because different de- delivery methods produce different results. And it definitely requires a lot of uh, additional research and additional yeah. studies. Oh, well, that brings us to another question. <laughs> he, his name is um, Steven. He's CEO at Enoli GmbH in Switzerland, uh, bio skincare formulations. He asked, uh, what is the difference between water extraction and CO2 supercritical extraction methods as they use water extraction? And how does it affect absorbability and scent? Mm, this is a very technical yeah. question, but we, yeah. uh, I really will, uh, will try to simplify it. Sure. So the answer is actually quite simple if you go at least on from bird's eye view. Uh, it depends which elements somebody is trying to get out of the plant. If somebody is hunting for cannabinoids, definitely the CO2 extraction is the way to go. Mm-hmm. If somebody like us is hunting for terpenes, Mm-hmm. We need to use other methods of extractions, which is a water-based uh, distillation. But there are like other other methods of extraction which are related more like to uh, ethanol base or like other ways. And uh, people coming with more and more methods. So, but the answer uh, is is very simple. Depending on what you would like to receive and extract from the plant, use different method. And uh, this relates to basic chemistry and your results which you are trying to achieve. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great. So let's move on forward. 
So from your range of products, you have quite a huge and diverse range as well. And it seems to be growing every year. So what really are the benefits of having the, the cannabis-derived ingredients and the supplements? Do you do skincare as well? At the moment, uh, I would formulate that we're really moving from, uh, let's say, fun or lifestyle mm -hmm. products to more functional products. And of course, our desire is to be more on functional side. But then we have issues which are related to regulate, regulations, dosages, possible claims which you could do. And this is a very lengthy and very expensive process, so it takes time. And speaking about applications, we're the company which is vertically integrated, which means we produce all our raw materials by ourselves. And our main uh, raw material is this essential oil and has a very wide spectrum of application. And in our portfolio at the moment, we definitely have products uh, which are more like food and beverages, but we already do some research of applications in uh, personal care items, you know, like, like uh, shampoo, toothpaste, uh, skincare products, or anything along those lines. And definitely the idea to to build our, to, to, to grow our range, either by our own brand or also like always open for cooperation with our, with other brands and other producers. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's, it's quite a powerhouse CBD. Uh, one of the things I want to also talk to you about is, well, you just discussed the extraction methods. Uh, you just need to help our audience to understand, you know, is it the same way with using the supercritical methods to extract them? Uh, no, like different ingredients. Different. <laughs> they require different methods of extraction. Yeah. Okay. But let's but let's step back and uh, you yeah. know because this is an interesting question and I would like to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. So if you look at the cannabis plant per se, yeah, it's quite complex uh, from the point of view what you could get from. Like first, probably we could start from fibers. Because, uh, for example, our plants, they grow three meters high. And you could imagine how much fibers and, uh, you know, green protein you could, you could get there just in their stem. So fibers is used by, to produce fabric, to produce ropes. As, as you, I just want to cut across, is, is the hemp from just... Uh, it's from the stem. The stem. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So, so, so when, when you speak about plant, it has a stem. And yeah. stem is very rich in fibers. And apparently, these fibers, they create one, they are one of the most strong, uh, strongest fibers mm -hmm. you could fi find on Earth, even comparing with uh, artificially derived fibers. Mm -hmm. So this goes to clothes, it goes to ropes, uh, you know, like there is paper which could be produced from this, these fibers. And a lot of uh, plastic, you know, like I have like uh, friends uh, in one of the country and they do, um, from cannabis fibers, they do parts for car for vehicles, which are much stronger compared to carbon. They are lighter and stronger. So this is like all application towards industry use. Then you have nutritional applications. Mm -hmm. And for nutritional applications, you could uh, derive from the plant a lot of protein, mm -hmm. and again, a lot of fibers, but for, for nutrition. But this you mainly derive, people mainly derive from the cannabis grains, which are, fat, uh, which are rich in uh, omega-3, I mean, omega-6 fatty acids, and they have very good nutrition, you know, mm -hmm. both as protein and source of fat. And of course, from this, you also could produce so-called hemp oil. Exactly. But, but this yeah. oil is comparable to olive oil or to like sunflower oil. So this is oil which could be used for cooking, for example. I have been using it and it's so great. It's, yeah, it's very yeah. good. It has a very good combination of uh, 
Is it omega-3 and 6? Omega-3, uh, like, you know, fatty yeah. and amino, uh, amino acids. Yeah. It has a very nice taste mm -hmm. and so forth. But again, this is produced from the grains. So we have now at least two parts, you know, which could be used. Then we wow. have a third part. And the third <laughs> part comes through leaves and uh, flowers. And when we're speaking about leaves and flowers, we're again speaking about the range of ingredients, which include two major classes. One class is uh, cannabinoids. And although a lot of people are speaking about CBD, in fact, there are like more than 100. So CBD and THC are the most known, but then you have CBG you know, and, and others, you know, 100 more. And each of them, they have different influence on human body, which again, needs to be studied. You need to look at their combination and their applications. And third parts are, part is are terpens. Terpens are everything which produce smell. And cannabis apparently is very rich on, again, there are more than, more than 100 terpens in cannabis plants. And uh, what is interesting, because terpens, they connect cannabis plants to other, let's say, ecosystem in the nature. For example, one of the terpens, let's say, alpha-pinem, you could find it in cannabis, but you also could find it in pine needles. When you go to the forest and you breathe this fresh air, this fresh air is produced by alpha-pinem, one of the terpens, and so forth. So, like, actually, cannabis is so complex and could be used in so many applications that, um, no, it definitely creates a huge industry which could be uh, exploited later. Wow, that's, that's super interesting. And I'm a huge, you know, environmental uh, friendly person. And in terms of uh, reducing the carbon footprints and soil regeneration, what what does your source of origin looks like? And um, where do you actually produce the products? Is it in Switzerland or do you... Is, we are a company with Swiss production. We source everything, we grow everything, like uh, everything is done, you know, done in Switzerland. Which is probably good and probably bad when you look at the cost side. Yeah. But we have been lucky enough to come with several technologies where we could be very effective even with, with Swiss cost of labor and Swiss cost of uh, resources. But speaking about sustainability, again, you know, I, I don't want to praise cannabis as you know miracle, miracle drug for, <laughs> for everything, but you know, the facts are that from economics for the farmer, cannabis is one of the most attractive plants uh, if you look at your, uh, let's say, income per square meter. Yeah? It produces much better economic results compared to corn or to wheat or any other agricultural species. And in addition, cannabis is also a very sustainable plant because uh, when you think about this, one of the slang name of cannabis plant is wheat which actually means that people treat it as a weed and they need to spend resources to kill it, not to grow it, which, which creates a very interesting notion that if you grow it uh, on the soil or in open air, you probably don't use too much fertilizers you know, like, and, uh, to make it grow, So, which means it's sustainable because it grows by itself. Second, uh, the specificity of the plant is such that it doesn't exhaust the soil. There are some plants which are very soil unfriendly and probably uh, along, uh, among them are like you know, canola or sunflower. They really rip out the soil. Cannabis plant, on the other hand, it doesn't create this heavy load as a plant for the soil. So it doesn't take too many nutritions, nutrition elements. And vice versa, you know, it enriches the soil. And this makes it a very sustainable plant. In addition, it's relatively easy to grow. You don't need specific equipment 
but again, depends how far you go and what you want to extract. So it could be uh, a lot of existing uh, agricultural equipment can, can be used. And so we could look at this as one of the most sustainable plants we have in our universe. Wow, that's really great. So I guess most of the Swiss farmers would be, you know, looking towards this type of uh, production on their, you know, vast expanse of soil they have available to them. Theoretically, <laughs> if you live in perfect world, they, they would. But we have issues with, and this is exactly, let's say, one of the biggest missions of our company, because our mission is to bring cannabis products to mass consumers. Because now we have, like, let's say, a stigma, you know, because of all these uh, psychoactive elements which have been stigmatized uh, in previous years, you know, it's still very difficult to convince people that cannabis could be safe, legal, and useful. So, if we look at the potential, how it could be grown and how it could be attra uh, attractive to farmers, the um, uh, potential is huge. But we need to break this wall between, let's say, common sense and the um, stigmas and blocks our society built during uh, recent 50 years. Because if you look back, in, let's say, one or two, uh, one or two centuries behind, uh, you would see that cannabis was one of the most uh, advanced culture in Europe. So some countries, you know, like you probably could compare they grow as much cannabis as they grow uh, wheat or corn. And, and this really created like a very nice ecosystem and nice uh, agricultural system. And now like we have some imbalances which cannabis could also treat not only uh, when you apply it as a human being, but when you apply it as a species to our existing agricultural and economic system. Exactly. Well, this brings us to one of our, our listeners. He submitted a question, Giuseppe Sitraru from Tuscany. And uh, he spoke about, he asked uh, how is it related, how is related cannabis, which is unfortunately known from the common people as hallucinogen uh, to, to well-being and how could this reputation be improved and explained? always to the common people, the regular people, because they're really confused and whether or not they should use it. If they do, they will be probably labeled for taking a, the weed or the drug. Uh, what do you, how, how do you see that this can, how can this be changed? But first, you know, we need to go back to the question and say that uh, when somebody is saying it's hallucinogen, yeah. this is like a, um, not, uh, not the right definition. Because cannabis is never a hallucinogen. When we speak about hallucinogens, we go to different class of, of uh, elements, and this class of elements are like, more like LSD or mm -hmm. psilocybin mushrooms. Exactly. So cannabis is psychoactive, but it doesn't create uh, it doesn't create hallucinations. And this is a very interesting discussion overall, and this is more like philosophic and less mm -hmm. uh, philosophic, philosophic and social, and less let's say um, uh, technical. Uh, and we could look at philosophical aspect, and these are like, there are like real scientific studies for this. And the logic is like this. We, as a human civilization, somehow human civilization all the time starting, you know, from Neanderthal people and finishing, you know, ancient Greeks and Romans, they need something, you know, to have fun, you know, to, to come to this fun mood. And of course, you know, people have been used alcohol, people have been used, uh, you know, other funny ingredients and so forth. 
and uh, tobacco as well, you know, like and uh, some others. And there is a study which compares all these funny elements which we as humans, uh, which are known to our human civilization, to get to this, let's say, party or enlightened mood state. And um, actually, scientists, they compare it, you know, alcohol, tobacco, they compare it to cannabis, LSD, you know, like heroin, and some really heavy drugs. Uh, and the conclusion was like this. If you uh, calculate together the damage to human body, the person who consumes, and social damage, because when we speak, for example, for alcohol, we could see that you know, a lot of uh, traffic accidents happen because uh, people are under influence. So if you can combine these two factors and you compare all the funny elements which we have, it's funny, but alcohol and tobacco, they are the biggest harm create creators yes. for humans. And then, you know, things are diminishing and, you know, even like uh, heavy drugs and you know, like heroin or cocaine, they are below alcohol and tobacco in damage. And then you go and you narrow down this funnel. And uh, what is uh, interesting that the least damaging are syllabus things for both human body and um, society. And cannabis is on is a very low range. And uh, you know, this answers the question why, you know, like even if we go and we look at cannabis as part of a recreational element, why it's still probably a better thing compared to the set of instruments which we currently have on the table. And definitely, you know, like again, you you could uh, person could abuse anything you know people could uh, could abuse uh, uh, coffee you know it could be coffee addicted people could abuse uh, almost any element which is consumed same with cannabis you know if your intention is not to get it abused you re and you could receive so much wellness and well-being elements from it yes. and it definitely needs to be recovered from all the stigma which was created and also misinformation mm -hmm. which we have you know and actually when people uh, are confused if it's uh, psychoactive or psychedelic. Mm -hmm. yeah. But terms are very scientific. And, you know, like probably even education, or if you say, hey, cannabis is not psychedelic, you know, like it doesn't help. So what helps if we have more and more products which are approved by regulators and which mm -hmm. are considered safe, legal, and they have some properties. So this is the only way. You cannot go and change somebody's mind unless somebody could go, try, and see if this becomes a part of everyday life. Yeah, exactly. This is very interesting what you said. It certainly has to go that way. And in Switzerland, is, is it, would you say it's totally legal here? Or 100% legal in Switzerland? But again, we go in the beginning of yeah. our discussion, uh, yeah. and we go what people are looking for. Yeah. And uh, definitely what is, what is legal in Switzerland, First of, of, first of all, of course, agricultural species of mm -hmm. cannabis, which are low on THC, mm -hmm. which is, uh, in Switzerland, the range is a little bit higher, but in, in all Europe, it's uh, below 0-2%. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all legal. Then you go to a thing which, you know, like when, when uh, somebody is hunting for cannabinoids, they're looking for species which are rich in cannabinoids. And then you have a discussion. If, for example, we're looking at relatively safe or unregulated cannabinoids like CBD or CBG, definitely you know, they, are, they are legal, you can grow, but again, people need to watch THC level. But then there is a third pillar, which is medical applications, because uh, in some medical applications, THC is extremely important. 
to mm -hmm. fight the pain and other things. And these medical applications, uh, the regulation depends from country to, from country to country, and definitely this regulated uh, industry, like alcohol industry, you cannot produce uh, heavy alcohol without proper licensing or any or any other let's say drug. Same with cannabis. So it's when when we go and speak about medical applications, it's highly regulated. When we're speaking about nutritional and well-being applications, it's less regulated, but still regulated. Mm -hmm. So uh, the situation is like this, it depends from country to country and really depends on the plant or species which you are looking at. In terms of your target audience and demographic, how has it been difficult for you to, to reach out to your audience? I would say no, because uh, let's say we have been helped by all this hype which was, which was created in North America. So, you know, like all these legalizations and other things. And uh, frankly, people are curious in the cannabis. But this is like two-edged sword. And I would say that from a point of view, how people are aware about cannabis per se, no problem. You know, like everybody knows about this because it's always in the news. Uh, you know, like there is so much buzz about this. But what really harms the players like us is when cannabis is oversold or when people don't understand what is cannabis and what are the applications. For example, we had this uh, in our conversation before, can cannabis cure cancer? Or can cannabis, you know, like... Uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah, help with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there are a lot of players who uh, go too far and they're saying, yes, you know, it helps against everything. This is a miracle plant. And this is a problem because when a consumer goes, and he buys first, of course. No, we, we need to do more research. And second, it's oversold. No, so let's say somebody, but let's go to mild condition. Somebody had insomnia, and he was advertised the consumer that hey, cannabis, if you consume it on this or that form, it will fight your insomnia. No, but cannabis is natural is natural ingredient. It's not a tablet. No, it, it works with your body slowly, and probably. You need time to, to correct the things why you no know, regular nutrition things. So consumers might be disappointed because they don't receive what was promised to them by some of the industry players. Yeah. And this creates a huge confusion yeah. because consumer expectations do not match existing products. Or at least what is advertised do not match to what consumers could buy. Mm -hmm. And this creates a big issue for everybody who wants to play it in the long run. Yeah, certainly. And I think, I mean, your, your mission, I, I, it all plays down to the mission of your company, your ethos, and really what's your purpose and why you're doing what you're doing, whether or not this is just profit maximization or to really help the people, for the people, not just by the people, but just being able to, to provide a product that can help them in their well-being and the full mental health. Yeah, that's the point, uh, because at a certain, po certain uh, point of time, so cannabis almost resembled uh, this Bitcoin boom. And I have been thinking, hey, like, I will become a super rich of investing in Bitcoin or building a minor farm. And uh, we, we, we know that uh, this doesn't happen to, to at least the majority of people. Same with cannabis. So it had this flavor that this is new, something big coming, and everybody, like, uh, First could become super rich, second, you know, it, it could create miracles. But it's not, because this is a natural ingredient which existed long before. 
And uh, as any natural ingredient, so it sooner or later becomes a commodity. And of course, you, you still have a lot of areas for innovation, but this innovation is very capital intensive. So like we cannot speak about cannabis as something which will create super rich from nothing. It requires a lot of work, it requires a lot of research development, innovation, product development, and so forth. So this is like as a typical product which you will take to the market. You need to invest a lot, and this is not something which you know, creates immediate profits. You really need to think about the future and have strategic planning in uh, your executions. Yeah. <clears throat> what changes do you see in the, in the retail and the well-being of, of this the CBD market as we move out, out of COVID-19 and into this highly digitized world? When you're normal, what does it look like for, for the brands and big brands like yourself? Well, not yet a big brand. This is, okay. this is where we are, we are going. But definitely there are a lot of changes. Uh, people becoming more conscious on what, what they consume and how they consume. They need more functionality. They need you know, more move from the food. And there are like several movements. You know, one of the movements is definitely food localization. So let's say it's very difficult to imagine that now consumers prefer to move products thousands of kilometers. Because the moment you start doing this, you need to add preservatives and other things. And so localization, and again, you, you, you damage the nature. You don't want to move and burn CO2. So and again, you have borders which are blocked because of coronavirus. You cannot move the products because yeah. of customs. Right? So localization is one big trend. Functionality is another big trend. So more and more products will, re will require more and more functionality. Then, of course, you have all these trends about... Uh, Wagon about meat replacement and so forth. Definitely cannabis kind of plays in all of these trends. And it's a perfect product because also it has so many different applications. But again, it's combination between market demand, available supply, and a regulator being on board. And there are like two possible ways. Either it will be accepted sooner or later by major and mainstream retailers both uh, online and offline or definitely you know, like it will be more and more developments which uh, will go more towards online and will be subscription based or like, you know, very specific products but online definitely will develop but again i don't believe that uh, digital will replace physical because digital sucks out your energy yeah and people still want to go to the shops people want to touch yeah so but definitely, the, we'll find the balance. Yeah, there the has balance to be. Between here and there. And uh, for me, cannabis is perfect product like for both channels. And uh, hopefully, uh, it will develop and stay there. Uh, so tell me, let's move forward a bit. Uh, what has been your biggest challenge to where you are today? What has been your most positive experience? And would you choose positivity or optimism to pivot your why, what you're doing right now? Again, uh, <laughs> this relates only to me because people are different. Yeah. For me, I really like challenges. Uh, you know, I like to entertain my brain and find solutions in uh, complicated situations and find something novel to look out of the box. So, and this, I would say, is the biggest challenge and the biggest. And when you're able to achieve certain results, when you can come with something novel, when you mix different things, it really stimulates you and people open up like I, I could give, give example for uh, now uh, we are launching 
chewing gum on the market. And when you speak about chewing gum, usually you know, people could say, could say, hey, like probably I can do chewing gum in my kitchen. But in reality, chewing gum became a very technological product. To produce a good chewing gum, you need technology which, which would cost company millions. And uh, we have been lucky to identify the partner who have been able to give us this technology. So now we're very proud to come with first one of the best technological chewing gum and second, one of the best tasting chewing gum on the market. But this is not because uh, I am so brilliant or the team who works at Hemphy is so brilliant. This is uh, our notion of uh, shared economy because we're always open, we're happy to go and build partnerships. And I think shared economy, shared knowledge and coming from competitive mindset to cooperative mindset, this is a big challenge and the paradigm which will drive successful businesses. Certainly. So I'd like to move forward as well. With the, Earlier we read your, your bio and it's very, very interesting. You have a PhD in finance. So what's your relationship with money? You know, everyone today, especially today, these days, has um, money stories. They're scared, they're fearful of investing. And what's your best advice? <laughs> I mean, you're giving them everything about CBD, cannabinoids. They know everything. I mean, coming from, you know, your experience, you have experience in this field. I truly believe that, first, of course, we are moving, you know, if you look at the um, uh, monetary financial system, like it changed a lot because we moved from gold standard to fiat money, and now we're going to digital money. And uh, now we're going to very strange times where actually fundamentals on uh, on uh, stock exchanges, they do not match how the assets behave. So let's say, you know, like we have big unemployment, let's say in the United States, we have riots, we have uh, yes. COVID, but the markets are still going up. Yes. Based on what? Based on hopes or based on something else. So based on helicopter money, which I injected in the economy. So definitely times are strange. It's very difficult to predict, to predict what happened, but most probably we'll see changes in money. So towards more digitalization. And on the other hand, you know, we need to break this disruption between real economy and derivative economy because the amount of derivatives, derivatives which exist, they are like millions of times bigger than real economy. And this creates a big stretch and big inefficiency in the system. Probably, unfortunately, this probably could be resolved only via piercing the bubbles. And we could see, and we will see a lot of bubbles which are pierced. This could also relate to the value of the money. Now we could see a lot of inflation for, yes. for some of the currencies. So definitely it will be not easy time if somebody focuses on finance. Yeah. If somebody could connect real business to his or her personal finances, probably this is the safest bet. And uh, this is the direction which we, we as a company take. Yeah, this is very important for, you know, entrepreneurs listening to what you just said. This is the very, finances, everyone's interest. <laughs> exactly. So, but thanks for, for, for that tip. That's very, very good. Uh, so tell me or tell our audience, how do you describe your health today? What does your day look like? Again, <laughs> we are living in a different environment, yeah. but now it's changing. If you compare my day one month ago and my day now, they're definitely different. But still, you know, of course, you know, part of um, modern person well-being is, you know, like 
active uh, uh, lifestyle, you know, doing some sports, doing some outdoor activities. Unfortunately, now they are closed. Of course, you know, gyms are open up, but you know, some people still consider the gyms are not the safest place to go. Exactly, but I this, agree. <laughs> but this also creates uh, amazing opportunities to explore yourself and to go and uh, try new things, you know, like, for example, yoga or Pilates or meditations, which you could do you know, by yourself. You don't require a gym. And a lot of these things stays in you because you see that probably these things could be much more effective compared to our athletic lifestyle and athletic yeah. exercises. And again, this is a direction where again, you know, like our lockdown meets digital yeah. and meets uh, lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah, it, it's a really, it's a quite a shift, the paradigm shift for, from, for many of us. And I think in that direction, you're really able to really look within and find that inner peace. And these are great like tools to to get by every day, and the yeah, meditation and, and yoga. For and sure. they existed long before. Yeah, but centuries. Only, but but uh, let's say we have been all living in such a high-paced life that you know, and it was almost like a routine. You know, office time, a little bit of gym time, you know, social activities and things. Now we have been locked down. We could to rethink. We could slow down and see things which have been a little bit artificial in yeah. our life on both mental and physical level. What was your most important influence in your life? It's, it, it was, of course, a journey and the journey continues. Like, I would say that you know, everybody, all people trying to explore the world around them. You know, I, and I traveled a lot. I changed a lot of culture, but the cultures and the environments. But at a certain point, you realize that probably the biggest quest you can do is a quest inside yourself. And you could find inside yourself much more compared to what you could find in the outside world. But of course, they cannot be excluded. They need to complement. So for me, probably the biggest excitement was to see how much you can find inside yourself compared to outside world. And uh, this continues. And we'll see where things. Very interesting. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I, I'm sure the audience will as well, finding that inner self. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to end on this note. Uh, what does your business look like for you? And what is the future for your brand? For me, this business is uh, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. Because frankly, again, because of all this coronavirus and a lot of other things, you start thinking, why should I work for this company or that company when even a lot of people don't understand what is the mission of this company? So they really become like a small... Uh, mechanism, you know, in a big mechanism. And uh, when you run something where you understand what you do, you understand your mission, and you understand uh, what you produce, it really becomes your lifestyle, and you don't uh, start splitting, let's say, you know, a lot of people split, hey, this is my work, this is my life. And when you have this split, I think it also creates a lot of discrepancies. You know, like if you don't like your work, you know, why, 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 why should you do it? You know, why should you waste your precious life doing things which you split from your life. And this is a question which is resolved for me, at least for now, because these things unite. They really appreciate and like what we do. And uh, the goal for the company is to expand what we do to become a much bigger player, mainly in Europe. Again, speaking also about this localization, and uh, I have some people asking, hey, why don't you go to the United States with such amazing Swiss products? But I think that we need to be a little bit more localized in coming years. So our goal is to become 
one of the biggest players in Europe for consumer products based on cannabis and uh, bring more and more wellness and lifestyle and well-being elements to the, of the plant to people, breaking the stigmas and make it as a part of uh, everyday ingredient. Certainly. That's great. Uh, where and how can people buy? Don't worry, be happy. Uh, don't worry, be happy. You can find this <laughs> inside yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, about our products, we are available online, of course, and we are available, we're developing and going to major retail chains. Again, like uh, the difference between our products um, compared to a lot of other products, that we don't serve the marginal customers. So we don't want to sell our products, let's say, smoke shops or coffee shops. Our products are really designed to mass consumers and uh, they could be found in you know, major retailers like Coop, Reva, Edica, and so forth. Okay, that's great. I, I have seen it. I remember a couple of years ago, probably two years, one year, one and a half years ago, sorry. I saw it in the, in the Coop and I was like, very attractive packaging. Well done. <laughs> and so how can people follow you? Are you on social media? Yeah, like we're on all social media. But again, social media are now a little bit down because we have the censorship and things. Yes. But, uh, so people need to search more carefully because you know, a lot yeah. of information is filtered that people receive. But definitely we're on major social media, yeah. uh, like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, all, all, all social media. Please follow us, get in touch with us. Or get uh, contact via our website where all contacts are there. We're always happy yeah. to speak to people. We are very open and uh, always happy to receive feedback. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Constantine, for your time to explain the benefits of CBD cannabinoids, all the amazing products in the industry the, the, and well-being, the connection, the inner peace. It has been really amazing to sit here and listen. And our audience, I'm, I'm sure they would agree that it has been a really great session with you and all the, the role that you're playing in the well-being space. We need you. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks a lot. And it was a fun conversation. Thank you, Zarina, for being such a nice host. No, and for your you. very interesting questions. Always happy to continue this conversation. Thank you for joining us on Pristine Conversations with me, Zelina. If you enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button. And why not follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rich Woman Magazine. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, do so on Twitter at Zelina Valky one Thank you to our guests and our sponsor. I hope you've enjoyed the show and look forward to welcoming you back next week for another pristine conversation.